to Jonas and Kovner's Healthcare Delivery in the United States, 12th edition, Chapter 11 podcast, Healthcare Costs and Value. This chapter was written by Dr. David C. Radley and Dr. John Marchika. Dr. David C. Radley is Senior Study Director in Healthcare Delivery Research and Evaluation at Westat and Senior Scientist at the Commonwealth Fund. Dr. John Marchika is the Founder and Chief Executive Officer of Darwin Research Group and a Faculty Associate and the W.P. Carey School of Business and the Graduate College of Health Solutions at Arizona State University. In the last chapter, we asked whether we should consider healthcare a commodity subject to the free market forces of supply and demand or an inherent right. What is your view? A recent article in Forbes magazine advances the case for treating healthcare markets like the free markets for other goods and services claiming this is the only way to reduce costs. As examples, the Forbes writer cites cosmetic surgery and LASIK surgery. These procedures are not covered by insurers, meaning there are no third parties involved, just the patient and the provider. Here, says the writer, price transparency and price competition both prevail. There are no hidden charges, as there are in many hospital bills, and patients know exactly what they are going to pay. As proof of his contention that a free market for these medical services lowers their costs, the writer cites the declining real prices for both types of surgery, despite a steep increase in demand and innovation, and in the face of steadily rising prices for all other kinds of surgery. Another example he offers is walk-in clinics that post their prices, which are typically as much as 50 or 75% cheaper than alternatives. Some traditional primary care physicians have followed suit, such as California's Healthcare Partners Medical Group, which puts prices for several dozen common procedures online. Yet another case of free market healthcare is so-called retail or concierge medicine, an increasingly popular model in which patients pay their doctors directly. The concierge medical practice bills its patients the same monthly fee, often under $100 per person, for all services, regardless of how much or how little care the patient needs that month. Patients are also given 24-hour access to doctors by phone or email. Drugs and lab tests are billed at a fraction of the cost the practice would charge if it had to deal with insurance companies. This chapter looks at U.S. healthcare costs and their value, looking back over the last 60 years to identify factors that contribute to rising costs. Consider, for example, that in 2016, Americans spent $10,400 per person on healthcare accounting for nearly one-fifth of all the economic activity in the United States. What was gained in return? Life expectancy in the United States is up, as is the medical profession's ability to diagnose and treat disease, which are undeniable benefits. But other countries have experienced similar gains without incurring the same rising costs. This chapter's authors remind us that healthcare costs affect not just public spending by increasing taxes and crowding out other needed expenditures, such as on education and infrastructure. High costs are a burden on private businesses as well, which shoulder some of the costs of providing group health insurance to employees and their families. The cost of health insurance was a top concern of small business owners in 2008 and again in 2012. Some companies are postponing or cutting employees' salary increases to compensate for these costs, and others are limiting or even discontinuing their group health insurance plans. The chapter's authors explain what we mean by value in the context of healthcare and how we can measure it. Next, they look at conflicts within the system that serve to increase costs and reduce value, and they examine the reasons that attempts to control costs have so far failed. 
The chapter concludes by looking at new ways to address the trade-off between cost and value in healthcare so that costs can be tamed while enhancing rather than limiting patient outcomes. As the authors note, there will be no easy answers, but an important and reliable way to reduce costs is to keep people healthy through public health and prevention initiatives and through social policies that promote healthy choices. To learn more about the Forbes writer's thoughts on a free market for healthcare, read Employers Could Slash Their Health Costs Overnight, So Why Don't They? by John C. Goodman. It was published on October 2nd, 2018. This chapter podcast for Jonas and Kovner's Healthcare Delivery in the United States, 12th edition, is copyrighted by Springer Publishing Company, LLC. All rights reserved. <laughs>